You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On Fantasy Football Show that is happening live tonight. If you guys have any fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft, don't miss out on the Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th, a.k.a. tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific time, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. I know a lot of drafts are coming up. This is the best place you're going to be able to go to find all of the best fantasy advice, and they'll be answering your questions as well. So make sure you guys check that out. Me and David are two writers from San Diego Sports Domination. We're going to start covering the Chargers, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, over five seasons ago. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you to those who are checking out the show today for the first time. We appreciate it. And to make sure you don't miss a show, make sure to go follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. But today we are going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to be starting with just kind of a recap of what happened at practice today. And with the Chargers, there were a couple of cuts. KJ Costello being one of them, the fourth quarterback in the mix. And also the Chargers brought on an edge rusher as Brandon Staley, I'm sure, is going to classify him as. So we'll get into some of his backstory as well. We also saw Joe Reed sit out of practice today and talk about the impact of that and his chances of making the team. And there's been an update in the kicker battle. And right now it seems like it might be Tristan Vizcaino's job to lose. So that's first segment. Second segment, we're going to be getting into the NFL's top 100 players, which are voted on by the players in the NFL. The Chargers had three players coming in in between 50 and 60. So we're going to get into Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Corey Lindsley and what some of the other guys around the league were saying about those dudes. And then to wrap up the show, we have some voicemails, and it's going to give us a good chance to talk about Kazir White and what he brings to the table, maybe not being talked about enough. Drew Tranquil bringing something back to this defense. And also, what to think about Mike Williams and his draft pick now that it looks like the Chargers might not be re-signing him or extending him this season. So, a lot to get into. Let's go ahead and get started. The Chargers made a couple of transactions on Tuesday that are worth talking about, David, because they had to get down to the 85-man cut limit, but they also brought in another dude today, so they ended up releasing K.J. Costello and also Matt Siebert, the tight end. K.J. Costello was the fourth quarterback on the roster right now, and after impressive performances, I would say, by both Chase Daniel and Easton Stick, it seemed like they were definitely the two guys after Justin Herbert. K.J. Costello didn't get to play, but they brought him back for a reason. So now, maybe down the road, if they need somebody, if they need somebody to fill in on the practice squad or anything like that, maybe he's a guy they would call back up again. Matt Sieber, we hadn't really heard anything about. Hopefully, he gets another chance somewhere else, too, because obviously, you guys, you don't want these guys' NFL dreams to end. But I do want to talk about the guy they brought in here, David. We don't know a ton about him. He's been bouncing around since being an undrafted in 2018. But it's a guy that is coming in as an edge rusher. It's Davin Bellamy, who originally entered the NFL after signing with the Houston Texans as an undrafted free agent in 2018. Now he's bounced around a little bit, and the Chargers are bringing him in. And it's kind of interesting to kind of think about why they would make this move. 
Yeah, I mean, adding another edge rusher, I mean, maybe they're not really happy with the depth that they have at the bottom of the roster in that regard. So they bring in a guy who has some good size. He's six foot five, 259 pounds, and had a pretty decent career at the uh, University of Georgia, where he played 48 total games. He had 118 tackles, 13 sacks, and four forced fumbles. So, I mean, some pretty decent stats, nothing to really, you know, really write home about. But again, this is a guy who's coming in, Daniel, uh, kind of towards the end of training camp and you know he's really gonna have to show out if he wants to make an impression on this roster not really looking like he would be a guy that you would bring in that you think is going to have a chance to make the roster I mean obviously surprises happen but to come in this late in training camp it's hard to say but maybe stocking a guy on the practice squad eventually for him that could come up to the active roster if they like what they see just to continue to try to add talent, not only to the active roster, but just having these guys around and getting a good look at them. It's nothing I think to think really much of either way. I don't know if it's something to be totally excited about. He hasn't registered an NFL stat at this point yet, and he's bounced around a bunch of teams. But you have to wonder, what is it about him that's making all of these teams you know, potentially take chances on him, like the Texans and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans, and most recently with the San Francisco 49ers. So it'll be interesting to see, and I'm excited to see what he brings in a preseason game potentially. But we got some other news out of practice today because Joe Reed, the wide receiver, did not practice. We don't know if it's an injury, don't know the severity if it is an injury, but What we do know is missing practice for Joe Reed is not a good thing, David. We've seen some young receivers stand out. Josh Palmer, who was already really a roster spot we had locked up for him anyways. But some other guys have stood out as well. And Joe Reed hasn't really been able to come into this camp and make the impression we wanted to see where it was just like, hey, this guy's a dynamic weapon. Get him in the open field and let him kind of prove that he brings a different dynamic to the team, which I still think he does. But We haven't seen those big plays yet, and obviously it's a really bad thing, and it definitely sucks for him if he's not able to go out there and practice and show what he has. Yeah, you can't miss time at this point if you're Joe Reed. I think you just haven't shown enough in either special teams or on offense. I mean, special teams was supposed to be one of his calling cards. He was one of the best kick returners in the country coming out of college, and we haven't really seen too much of that at the NFL level, and that... I mean, being one of his calling cards is definitely a detriment up to this point. And on offense, for all of the uh, exciting ways I feel like the Chargers could use Joe Reed, he hasn't shown that to the coaching staff, and he hasn't shown that in a preseason game. So, unfortunately, Joe Reed, the worst thing that could happen for him right now is missing time, and unfortunately, that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, and it would have been good for him to be able to be at these joint practices, and maybe he will be. We don't know the extent of it, but... You just hope he can be out there for these joint practices where he's going up against some other top-tier guys on the 49ers and showing what he can do, and then back for the final two preseason games just to give himself the best chance to show what he has because I'm I'm not saying he has to make the roster and the Chargers are making a big mistake. If they don't keep him around, you just want him to stay healthy so he can show everything he has, and then you make the decision on whether he should still be on the team. But one other piece of news that came out is the kicker battle got updated a little bit. I was out of practice on Monday. They did not kick. On Tuesday, they did. And now it's only two dudes, Tristan Viscaino and Michael Badgley. Tristan Viscaino only missed zero of his kicks. He went a perfect five for five, while Michael Badgley went four for five, which you wouldn't think is, you know, oh, you have to be really upset about that. Like, I'm going to get cut now. I went four for five. No, but at the same time, the other guy was perfect. 
And if you're just counting up what's been happening in the preseason games and in training camp, Vizcaino seems like he's ahead, David. It just seems like he's made a higher percentage of kicks, made a higher percentage of 50-plus yard kicks. Michael Badgley's miss was from 43 yards, but it's crazy at this point. You wanted someone to separate themselves. It's not a bad day for Michael Badgley, but it seems like if Tristan Vizcaino makes the rest of his kicks throughout practice and throughout the preseason, which is easier said than done, it's actually his job to lose at this point. I completely agree, and unfortunately for Michael Badgley, he doesn't have the strongest leg in the world, so Tristan Vizcaino always has the advantage when it comes to kickoffs because he routinely puts it into the back of the end zone. He has a much stronger leg. That's been documented. So Michael Badgley has to be perfect if he wants to keep this job. He has to make all of his kicks, so every single day that he misses a kick is lowering his chances of keeping this job as the Chargers kicker. If Tristan Vizcaino continues to make his kicks and continues to boom the ball on kickoffs, it is absolutely Tristan Vizcaino's job. And unfortunately, Michael Badgley won't be able to do much about it. At least that's what it seems like, right? I mean, crazier things have happened. Obviously, Michael Badgley has the experience, but the experience didn't really help him in big moments last year when he nope. missed gigantic kicks to miss to lose games for the Chargers. So it's hard to say that, but like, this is the thing. Say they went exactly the same. Say they both made exactly 90% of their kicks during preseason and training camp. Would the edge still go to Tristan Vizcaino because he has that stronger leg and can do more with the kickoffs? Maybe, right? So like the fact that it's not just the place kicking and also the kickoffs and Vizcaino is doing both better so far. It's crazy to say at this point that it, it could be Biscayano's job to lose. And, you know, shout out to Daniel Popper because he was on this show saying that a week ago. So props and it to sounded him. like props a hot take then, but now, not so much. It's just you didn't think you'd see somebody kind of fully put their name on it. Then again, Michael Badger has only kicked an extra point in the preseason so far. So if he has 450-plus attempts in the next game and nails all of them, maybe that changes the conversation again. And Tristan Vizcaino could start missing kicks too. We don't know what's going to happen. But just to be able to control your own destiny potentially for Tristan Vizcaino, that's pretty big. And I know both of them must be feeling the pressure right about now. But we do have two more segments to get into. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the three players who have already been named to the NFL's top 100 list and why they got there, including Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. We're going to get into those guys coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. But it's not just baseball, guys. Any sport that you can think of, any professional sport that happens here in America, you can definitely bet on. And then some. I mean, you can bet on a ton of things at BetOnline. But you have UFC and MMA action going on, and I love betting on all of those things because one thing that you get betting on UFC is you can bet on somebody who's a huge underdog and you still will always have a puncher's chance. But if you only like betting on the NFL or if you're thinking about jumping into gambling, but really NFL is the only one that you know well, that's a great news as well because NFL futures are already up at betonline.ag, Justin Herbert for MVP, the Chargers to win the AFC West, and so much more. And right now we can even give you guys a boost to get started. If you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. It's promo code locked on, all caps, one word at BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, David. Well, the annual NFL Top 100 
has been getting released on NFL Network. And so far, they've gone from 100 down to 40. So we've gotten to see a big chunk of the guys that are going to make the list, but not all of them. But the Chargers already have three guys that have made the list, starting with Corey Lindsley. And let's start with him just because he's a guy that we are very excited about adding to this roster and you see him getting the respect. The Chargers, you know, brought in a top 60 player in the NFL to snap the ball to Justin Herbert, which is an invaluable commodity. But 60 is pretty good, David. I mean, interior offensive linemen especially, you're going to have a hard time making a list like this because it's always going to cater itself to wide receivers, quarterbacks, right? The cornerbacks. Exactly. The skill position players, especially even interior defensive linemen, unless you're Aaron Donald, it's going to be hard for you to make a list like that. There's just going to be less of those guys that make this list. So he got a lot of respect here. And in the video they have at NFL.com, hearing other guys talk about him was great. But the other part of it was just showing him mic'd up at times in the Packers huddle, hyping these guys up right in the playoffs, telling this is the last chance we have. We need to go out here and do it. And just being such a leader and a group of really, really good offensive linemen in Green Bay, I thought that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you you already know the type of player that he is. He's shown that on the field. But we didn't really know the person that he is and the leader that he is. And, you know, we knew that he was a good communicator. And, hey, he got to play with one of the best quarterbacks probably in NFL history and Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers has said how important Corey Lindsley is. He was one of the guys that he mentioned by name uh, as as one of the guys that he didn't want to see leave, that they wanted to yeah. re-sign, they should have kept. And, you know, that I think speaks really, speaks volumes with how important Corey Lindsley is as a person and as a leader and how much he's going to help Justin Herbert. I mean, listen to this. A first-time All-Pro selection in 2020, Lindsley elevated his level of play in the last season with Green Bay. The oft-underrated sender allowed one sack and was penalized zero times and 734 snaps over 13 starts. That is the model of consistency Absolutely, Corey Lindsley deserves to be on this list. Yeah, and arguably the best player at his position. I mean, he's top tier, right? Whether you want to argue a Frank Ragnow or someone like that, I get how you can make the argument. It doesn't matter. There's no tier above what this guy is doing at that position, especially when you see him, you know, and what his strengths are as far as being able to call things out, checks, not committing penalties, not allowing sacks or pressure at all. It's hard to not like this guy, and I think he is definitely very, very deserving of this placement in the NFL's top 100 players. But they were all bunched together, David. I mean, we got a bunch in a very short amount of time on the top 100. And the next guy up on the list was Justin Herbert. And no surprise, I mean, I think some people thought he should be higher, but quarterbacks, even just this list in general, it's hard to kind of think about where guys are going to end up. You could ballpark it. But this is a list done by the players, and you don't really know the kind of respect guys like this are giving to a rookie who's only done it one season. But number 56, David, I mean, I think as any rookie quarterback, if you get to that point after year one, you're doing a pretty great job. Yeah, and people are on the league of notice. I mean, in his video, Tredavious White said he was the guy that took advantage of his opportunities, and he shined. And also Shaq Barrett said he's the real deal. I mean, people recognize this guy's talent. I mean, his size, 
his speed, his athleticism. It's just different. This guy can do things that we haven't seen at the quarterback position in a long time. And obviously, Phillip Rivers was a phenomenal quarterback, had great accuracy, was very cerebral. But he was never the athlete that Justin Herbert is. Justin Herbert just adds a different element to the QB position. And it was really exciting. And, you know, to be thrust into the limelight with absolutely no time to to prepare, no snaps, uh, really in practice and go out there and shine the way he did and carry that throughout the season. Justin Herbert is going to be a mainstay on this list for many years to come, Daniel. One of the things I thought was funny from the description on it was them saying, those six months the Chargers had to endure without a clear franchise quarterback must have been so excruciating. <laughs> that is one thing that the Chargers seem to not have been cursed by, right? I mean, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, now Justin Herbert with one game of Tyrod Taylor in the middle. Yeah, how many franchises <laughs> around the NFL are like, are you kidding me? These Mother effers got yeah. another quarterback just like that, and I've had to cycle through 15 <laughs> of them? Oh, my God. Exactly. I mean, it is cool to see him getting this respect from these guys, and the two things you heard talked about the most with him, gigantic arm, right? Tredavious White also said he can make every throw. His arm talent is next to none from the opposite hash. He's dropping back and throwing across the field. I mean, when you hear that, right, I mean, getting that respect from a top corner and also from a guy who lines up across from Josh Allen, who has an absolute tank of an arm every day at practice, right? You're like, okay. I mean, he definitely means it. I mean, this is not a compliment you want to give to a lot of other people if you're saying next to none. And Josh Allen is your quarterback. So <laughs> he's in very rare company there. But that also guy just got toughness. paid. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Justin Herbert will be too. We, don't, we have a couple years before we have to worry about that but even hearing Travis Kelsey just talk about how so many players appreciated his toughness being able to hang in there make the tough throw that was one of the things I came away with most impressed talking about by him Justin knocking Herbert. dudes out I mean that made an impression on the players man they noticed yeah, that. J- Jeremy Chin said he was one of the toughest quarterbacks in the league and then referenced yeah that Kansas City Chiefs game where he took the hit on the sideline it was a pretty massive collision on both sides of it But one guy didn't get up, and the other guy was Justin Herbert. So the rest (laughs) of the league knows that. So these DBs, especially, I'm sure, when they're coming up to lay a lick, they're not, you know, licking their chops like they'd be with some of them might go down a little bit easier. I mean, you're going to take some, even if you give some with Justin Herbert. But you heard also Patrick Mahomes saying, stop taking them. (laughs) You can't take those big hits in this league, and you'll be a plane for a long time. Yeah, 100% right. Don't lay out any more hits. Definitely don't knock out any more linebackers. But we do have another guy on this list we have to get into. Oh, I enjoyed it, too. I kind of want to see it again, but I kind (laughs) of really don't. Either way, Keenan Allen pops up on this list. Herman Herbert, back-to-back, 55 and 56. Keenan Allen comes in as the 55th-ranked player in the NFL, and he ends up coming up behind Justin Jefferson. And I think that's some recency bias. Keenan Allen missed a few games last year. Justin Jefferson put up 1,400 receiving yards, so he's a pretty... He's a pretty deserving guy to be up there on the list, too. I mean, obviously, he's ahead of Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. I think there's an argument both those guys could be ahead of him. Not something I'm super upset about, but hearing other receivers and corners talk about what they appreciate from Keenan Allen and the route running and all those things was still really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they recognize how much of a master of his craft that Keenan Allen is. I mean, when someone said about him being one of the best route runners in the league— he said, whoever said that is telling the truth, uh, and that's yeah. Tredavious White. 
So, I mean, that's just respect right there. And then even Travis Kelsey said, the guy's footwork is unbelievable. And, I mean, I think we all know that. I mean, even this year in training camp, the route – and I'm sorry, Michael Davis. I'm sorry to do this to you. But the route <sighs> that yeah. he put on Michael Davis where he just cut and went all the way back to the outside end end of the end zone was just pure nasty. I mean, that, that, should, that, that was a crime. That should never have happened to a fellow teammate, but he just demolished him on that route. And I think that just goes to show you how much of a technician in – uh, how much of a technician he is, how crafty he is, and just how well-rounded of a wide receiver Keenan Allen really is. Yeah, poor Michael Davis on that. I mean, I remember I posted, like, he didn't deserve this. I mean, the social media team left him out for a dry. They actually put something out there today, too, where they were, like, us, like, trying to figure out the right balance of offensive and defensive plays that look good so you don't think that the other side of the ball is looking bad, right? Yeah, Which is, has that. to be a constant <laughs> battle just because, yeah, if you keep throwing, you know, showing – Asante Samuel Jr. picks, that looks really bad on Justin Herbert, too. So that is pretty funny. But getting back to Keenan Allen, Darren Waller said he was the best route runner in the league. You heard the appreciation from guys like Tredavious White and Travis Kelsey for what this guy does. And the crazy thing about Keenan Allen that I just keep thinking about, I truly believe he could have his best season this year. Like, I'm not even just saying that. I just think the Chargers offense will be good. I think he found something out last year and you saw a lot of ways that he could score. So you can't really have the he can't score touchdowns thing anymore after the 80 put up last year. I think this offense will be more conducive to what he does well, letting him check into things, letting him be a little bit more free with the route he wants to run. And don't let that dude freestyle out there because that would be very, very tough for any corner to get. So for any corner to stop. But We do have one more segment to get into because we have some voicemails from you guys. So coming up after this, we're going to get into some voicemails about Drew Tranquil and Kazir White and their impact on the Chargers defense in 2021. And maybe some other guys the Chargers could have taken instead of Mike Williams coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my absolute favorite protein bar. And if you listen to the show, you know I'm talking about Built Bars. And I talk about it all the time. If it didn't taste good, I just wouldn't eat it. I mean... There's some healthy things, you know, I'm willing to make the concession even if I don't like it as much. I don't have to make those concessions with Built Bar because I can have something that tastes great, 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and I have something that's going to fit on my diet as well because most of the bars have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, while only having 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. So it fits and it tastes great, no guilt involved. And one of the things I love is there's so many flavors to choose from. Mine is peanut butter brownie, number one for me. But there's also there's also coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, and they always have a lot of limited time offers as well. So make sure you check out BuiltBar.com and see the different kinds they have, different specialty bars. The grasshopper cookie one was really, really good. But anyways, you can save some money as well since you listen to the show. If you guys want to get in on the Built Bar action, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, David. Well, it's time to get into some voicemails here. And I always appreciate when you guys call in and get your voices on the show. Really enjoy just making you guys a part of the show. At any time, you can get your voice on the Locked On Chargers podcast, if you call into 323-524-7924 and you leave us a Chargers question on the voicemail line. And we have some good ones today. And we get to talk about Drew Tranquil and Kazir White a little bit. So 
We have a lot to get into here, but let's start with this voicemail, David. Let's start with Ivan from Victorville and hear what he has for us this week. What's going on, fellas? Ivan from Victorville here. Yeah, what brings me here now? I want to talk about Kaiser White, man. Uh, kind of like a, a name that kind of just just kind of went under the rug with his past coaching staff. And now with the whole, you know, change up of the defense, his skill sets are being put out there. And he's making plays. You heard a lot of good things. No matter who he's lined up with, he's like an opposing force, and that's something that in the NFL, come on, he's been sitting on our roster, and what's going on, we haven't touched him. Now he's getting some shine, and, man, I'm just pumped for these linebackers, man. <laughs> if, the, if the D-line could do their part, oh, man, you got Bosa on, on one side, the other side, I mean, who's it going to be? Uchenna? You know, and then you got all these different formations, all these different things he's going to bring up. You're not going to know who's coming. And we have people at all levels that could rush the passer, which is amazing because we never really blitzed too much. So now um, uh, I'm excited to see how that's going to turn out. But how do you guys feel about Kaiser White? And uh, what's up with the Lohi? What, what have you guys heard? What have you guys seen? I've heard good stuff about him, too. Let's go both up. So I know you added in a Lohi Gilman at the end there. I mean, I think Elohio Gilman's had a good camp, right? He's made some splash plays, even though you haven't heard as much from him recently. I still think he's done pretty well, and he still was getting, you know, first-team reps in dime package when I was out there at Chargers training camp on Monday. So he definitely doesn't seem to have hurt his stock at all in the coach's eyes at this point. But I am glad you brought up Kazir White because I think especially, you know, as of a couple of weeks ago, and I know this voicemail wasn't just from, you know, yesterday. It was from a few days ago, so... It was a little bit different, but we definitely were not talking about Kazir wide enough, David. And I think that showed on the in the preseason game on Saturday night because he was everywhere and he just looked great. And it's just one of those things now where you're like, okay, well, now how do you get all three of these guys on the field? Because we're very excited about Kazir White. He brings that safety, intelligence, and kind of movement skills while he hits like a linebacker and all of those things. It is going to be tough to find snaps for him and Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, I like what Kaiser White brings to the table. I mean, I think he's the type of linebacker that a lot of teams around the NFL are looking for. A guy who has linebacker size but that can cover, that can really cover. And I think he really has that in, those instincts because he was a former safety. So he brings that unique skill set to this linebacker position. So I think he's going to find himself on the field a lot. And he's really shown his intelligence and his physicality out there in the first preseason game. He's had a really good camp. And uh, you're right, we haven't been talking about him enough, but we're definitely going to be talking about him more now because it seems like he's really coming into his own. Yeah, and I haven't called him a holy force when he's out there, so I wouldn't want to get in the way of that. But yeah, during this training camp, he has just gone in and showed, hey, I'm not an aftermath. I'm not an afterthought in this position battle for snaps, right? Like, I'm a guy you need to have on the field. And it's interesting because he has shown some of those capabilities and flashed it, but he hadn't been a good coverage linebacker to this point in his NFL career. It was a very small sample size up until last year, but had some pretty bad moments on the end of some really big plays for the opposing team in 2020. He was so close to making a lot of plays, though. So I think this year with a better variety of coverages, he's going to be running right in a more distinct kind of plan of not letting him get exposed by having to cover Rob Gronkowski or something like that. I think it's only going to help him. And I think he has earned some snaps and to be a part of this defense 
for the Chargers with how he's played so far. I mean, he really, really stood out during that preseason game, and he's flashed a lot already during training camp. But we have another voicemail about another linebacker here. So let's hear what Ronnie from Simi Valley has for us this week. Hey, guys, this is Ronnie from Simi Valley, the 805 area. Um, just want to comment on what I saw in the game. It was uh, nice to see uh, Drew Tranquil back playing hard. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a big boost for our defense. He was flying around everywhere, making some plays. And uh, I really – I'm excited about that guy and, you know, just want to get your thoughts on that. But, uh, hey, I'm the guy on Instagram when you guys made said uh, make a bold prediction. And I said uh, Joshua Palmer would go six catches for two touchdowns. Well, I was two touchdowns short. But, uh, hey, I love the podcast. I love interacting with you guys and keep it up. Bolt up. Later. So first of all, let me just shout you out because, yes, I said, you know, you would get a shout out on Instagram if you guessed the bold prediction. You still guessed six catches, so that definitely earns some sort of shout out, Ronnie. That was a really good prediction by you. Not the two touchdowns, but still a great performance by Josh Palmer. I'm glad you brought up Drew Tranquil, too, because I do think he's another guy that's going to make a big impact for this defense. And He's looked really quick so far, David. I mean, there's been some good battles between him and Austin Eckler in one-on-ones, and that's one of the hardest running backs in the entire NFL to cover. He's had some good back and forth, and he's won some of those matchups. You've seen him make more plays and coverage than he did during his rookie season. Not only has he come back from injury, David, and him staying healthy is obviously the most important part. He's gotten better, right? And he already had a very impressive rookie year. He looks really good, man. He looks really good. He looks healthy. He looks like he's in a, a really strong frame of mind after, you know, really missing the entire season last year, rehabbing really hard with Derwin James. And both those guys look really good up to, up to this point. But Drew Tranquil, man, he, he brings some intelligence. He brings, you know, the, hey, this is a the guy they wanted to be the backup green dot. I mean, Derwin James is running the show, but... You know, if something happens or if they need to take Derwin off the field for some reason, they're given that responsibility to Drew Tranquil. So that just goes to show you how much they believe in him. But, yeah, this is a guy who can run sideline to sideline. Like I said, he's very smart. He's very instinctive. And he's a guy the Chargers sorely missed last year. I mean, he's also underrated in run support as well. So this is a guy who can do a little bit of everything. And I feel like he's just going to get better. And he's really going to blossom in this defense. We've really seen a more aggressive side of Drew Tranquil than we had got to see in the previous defense and I think it's going to be the best version of Drew Tranquil and he's just absolutely shredded right I mean there's no sign that he was ever in any sort of injury related thing I mean he's had a lot of injuries in his career going back to Notre Dame he's got that switch positions in part because of that tearing his ACL tearing up his knee twice in college then he has the brutal injury last year still comes back works just as hard if not harder and already looks like he is going to be an impact player for the Chargers, and they didn't have enough of those defensively last year. And part of that was because Drew Tranquil was not on the field, but there's not many more defenders I'm excited to watch than Drew Tranquil getting his chance at redemption, right, and being able to be out there and make plays. And, I mean, yeah, him coming in on that blitz in the preseason game, some of the plays we've seen him make in coverage. Woof, Brandon Staley didn't have any linebackers last year. He has a pretty good group looking so far, so far this year, so... I'm excited to watch both those guys. And we didn't even talk about Kenneth Murray, right? But having that trio of linebackers right now, those three young dudes, I'm excited for that position group. And it hasn't been a true strength for the Chargers 
in a while. So. A lot of good mix of just different skill sets, man. I just think that's yeah. really exciting. Oh, I think so, too. I'm really excited to watch those guys. But we do have super fan Zach in his voicemail. Let's hear what he has for us this week. Hey, guys. It's Zach from Florida here. So with all the talk about Mike Williams and possibly not extending him after this season, in your opinion, do you think it was the wrong decision to draft him? I feel like he's kind of in that bust territory just because of the injuries and because he hasn't really broken out as a wide receiver, in my opinion. If you look at, like, that same draft and some of the players that went afterwards, and I'm not even talking about QBs like Mahomes and Watson, but you have players like McCaffrey or quarterback Marshawn Lattimore or even a linebacker like Hassan Riddick or even safety Malik Hooker, who we possibly tried to get in the offseason. Could one of those maybe been a better choice, in your opinion? Or do you think Mike Williams was the best choice? Question mark. I would love to know your thoughts and bolt up. Zach, I, I mean, I do think this is a pretty interesting question, just as far as did the Chargers make the right move there? Obviously, I mean, for me, it stops at Patrick Mahomes. If you have the chance to take Patrick Mahomes, then especially if Philip Rivers getting older at that point, that was the wrong move to take Mike Williams in that sense. Like, there's just no, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Always. Not, yeah, like, it's easy to say that now. But, of course, yeah, of course that's a mistake if you pass on that. But let's get one thing straight. I mean, Malik Hooker isn't even in the same conversation as Mike Williams right no. now as far as what they've done in their career. There's an argument to be made about Marshawn Lattimore about Christian McCaffrey, right, and how much he valued Say, running Mar- backs. Marlon Humphrey, too, on a, in a smaller degree. I, I think I liked what he's done with the Ravens, too. For sure. But not all of these guys, too, were like, you know, bona fide top five picks. You know, no one just thought these guys were for sure. Can't miss prospects for the most part. Either way, yes. I mean, I think the more interesting conversation, though, is just that at this point, it's hard to see how this situation gets resolved well with the Chargers. Because if he goes off, then he's going to look for a big contract. I don't know if the Chargers would be willing to pay him that after one, you know, fully complete season. But hes I don't think he's a bust at all. I'll say that. I mean, I, no. I don't think Mike Williams is a bust. Not every first-round player has to be an all-pro or a Pro Bowl player. Mike Williams has been good, right? Most of his seasons, he's been good. And I think that... If you're getting a good player for five seasons from a rookie contract, I don't think that's a bust. You could have made better decisions, but bust, I think, is taking it too far. Definitely don't see bust because for this for one specific reason, when the Chargers needed a big play, where, where did they go to? He has they a lot of moments. To Mike yeah. Williams. And more often than not, Mike Williams has come down with the football, done those just crazy jump balls where he's landed just like on the back of his head and all kinds of crazy different ways. But he always came down with the ball without Mike Williams. They would not have been in a lot of a lot of game situations. I mean, when the pressure cooker was on, when it was about to explode, they threw the ball to Mike Williams and he made the most of those opportunities. So he definitely has played a factor in this chargers offense. The last several years, was he a bust when you talk about the other quarterbacks? Yeah, obviously, of course he was. But was he a bust as far as a pick and what the Chargers got out of him? I, I, I don't think you can say that. I think he has brought something to the table. 
Yeah, and he might not have lived up to expectations. He might not have lived up to the pick of seventh overall, right? But you still got a first-round pick that was a good player. It just made worse because of the other guys who were selected around him, specifically the quarterbacks. But then you ended up with Justin Herbert, too. So you don't really have too much to complain about there. Either way, in that class, I mean, I think it shows you kind of what how much Tom Telesco is influenced by, you know, in this case, Philip Rivers, who did not want them to draft his successor, right? And also the coaching staff, like picks that you knew Anthony Lynn was really big on, right? And now this year, picks that Brandon Staley was probably big on. And it's I don't very think different. It's much of a surprise to everyone that the Brandon Staley inspired picks seemingly have looked really, really good so far during training camp and the preseason. So I think it does kind of show you, like, he is influenced by his coaching staff, right? Not just the scouts and everything else, because there's always been picks where you're like, oh, yeah, it's a very Anthony Lynn pick this year. That's a very Brandon Staley pick. So that, I thought, was kind of interesting. But don't think Mike Williams is a bust. Still, though, I also don't know if he's going to be re-signing with the Chargers after 2021. But that is going to do it for today's show We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, but until then, make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts from, and if you can on that platform, make sure to rate and review as well. You can also find every show on our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. You can find David on Twitter at DroTalkSD, and you can find the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. We also have a Locked On Chargers Facebook page, and also you can find us at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. But that is going to do it for us today. If you guys want to be on the next voicemail show, the number once again is 323-524-7924. But we have some joint practices coming up this week. A lot to be excited about, and we'll be right here covering it for you guys. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.